0: Hello and a warm welcome once again to the Exchanges Discourse podcast. I'm your host Dr. Gareth J. Johnson. We're a companion podcast to the Interdisciplinary Exchanges Journal, which itself has been published since 2013 by the Institute of Advanced Study at the University of Warwick, and for which I'm the Editor-in-Chief. In each episode we may be talking to authors who have published with the journal about their research about their academic publication experiences, and also their advice for new authors. Alternatively, we might be focusing in on developments on the journal itself, or scholarly communications in general, or simply exploring guidance for potential contributors. In today's episode, I'm gonna be speaking once again with one of our past authors, so let's get to that. Uh, Once again, I'm joined by one of the authors for exchanges this morning, uh, I've got and I'm going to apologise now in advance for probably mispronouncing this name, Aloyd Cordozo. I'd like to introduce yourself and just tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, Sure. My name is Aloyd. I am a researcher from India. I am trained in literary and cultural studies. I am interested in writing about, reading and writing about popular culture, film studies and hip hop studies broadly. And that's where my paper in The paper that I wrote for Exchanges, that's approximately where it came from.
0: Mm, Excellent. And obviously, we're going to talk about it a bit now, actually, because I mean, it was I was really interested in this whole idea. I mean, for those who've not actually read the paper, it's the sagacity of words, Gandhi and 21st century hip hop. Beautiful two different areas to bring together hip hop culture and Gandhi. You know, I I was really fascinated reading it. And it's something we've very much not had in Exchanges before. Perhaps you'd like to tell me a little more about the paper for those who haven't read it.
1: Sure. So I'll I'll tell you where the paper came from, mm, so you know mm. what kind of it came from. So when I was working at an institute at a research institute in 2019 under the Ministry of Culture, Government of India, 2019 apparently was a very important year in Indian history because it was the 150th birth anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi. It was 75 years since the foundation of the Azad Hind which is also called the International Army, and it marked 100 years of the Jallianwala tragedy. So the organized, uh, our higher ups told us that we need you to go to schools and colleges and universities and talk to students about these things, because Mm. these are important events. So the thing is not all of us working at the Institute for historians. like I'm not a historian. And even if I was just going to schools or colleges or universities, I felt not having specialized in history, if I go and talk to them about history, it wouldn't really be fair to them. I'll be pulling them, I'll be making them pull a short straw. Mm. So I thought of what I could bring to the table, which would make it interesting. So my thought process basically was in the age of the internet, in the age of Google, everything is available to you at the head of a few keys. So if you just search Mahatma Gandhi you'll find a lot of stuff, Mm. but a lot of people don't want to go and search. Mm. So what I thought is what can I do, which will make these kids curious enough to go and Google Mahatma Gandhi, because if they Google him, there's all for them to do. And I thought about what I am doing and whether uh, I can in any way, bring that to the table. So I just did a quick Google search saying Gandhi and hip hop. And I found a panel discussion from a few years back, which was done at a museum uh, at the Menil panel in the U S and that was all that I needed to motivate me. Let's like, right, try, I'm going to do this. Let me hmm. try and dig out a few more strands, which is why you'll see the paper in its premise might seem a little odd, because these are not two things you'd usually pair, mm, mm. And it starts on a very simplistic perspective that, okay, these are two things which might not seem similar, but then let me try and show you how they're. the paper would begin to seem that way, because it is designed, uh, it was designed as a lecture to speak to school students, and mm, I didn't want mm. to keep it very complicated. So as I eventually got to writing it, I thought, okay, let me try and add a bit more meat to the bones and make it a little more substantiate for people who want to read about it and not just listen to it as a mm. So that's how it came into being.
0: I mean, that's a, a great way to approach a paper, I have to say, particularly for journal at exchanges where we are talking to these broader audiences that you've started mm-hmm. there at the sort of fundamentals, but led them on that journey through into the more complex, more scholastic, the more interesting almost areas of it and i th- i can see it's been reflected very much in its download stats it's been one that you know has been quite heavily read by our community which is great news particularly for papers like this that i think just you know are investigating areas we have not covered before so uh, fantastic news so are you working on anything any more at the moment in terms of publication i Deli- have
1: uh, recently started working on a few anthology chapters which is a change from the usual journal mm. papers i write But that is not really something I would want to talk about. What I rather want to tell you about is a journal special issue that I am co-editing. Oh, please do yes. Which I in fact did consider approaching exchanges for before deciding against it. I'll tell you a bit more about that as well. But uh, the special issue is on uh, this American film, The Big Lebowski, by Ethan and Joel. Mm
0: -hmm. I do the film, yes.
1: (laughs) It's going to complete twenty-five years. It's going to be twenty-five years since the film released in two thousand and twenty-three. And how this came about is I had this paper idea in my mind. I wanted to write this paper. So I was waiting for someone to put out a call for papers for a special issue, but then no one did. So I'm like, okay, I might, I might as well go ahead and do it.
0: Excellent. So do that's it. the that's the best attitude to do. No one else does it. I'm going to do it. Brilliant. <laughs> so
1: uh, This is something that we are working together with the Synergy cinema journal, which is based at the university of Pittsburgh. The call for papers is out there. Anyone that's interested, please go and take a look feel free to drop an email to us not necessarily with contributions but with any questions or any suggestions anything is more than welcome
0: i was going to say i think i saw that call myself this morning when i was going back through the emails the last couple of weeks i went oh that looked very interesting so i shall probably amplify that via the exchanges channels as well so give you our little contribution to help you get a few more papers in i hope yes please thank you I'm going to say, I mean, publishing special issues. I think is a great way to get involved in publishing, particularly from the M.Y. editorial side as well. So I can Mm -hmm. I can wish you every success with that one.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So, and also I need to say a massive thank you to you here because when I was first fiddling with the idea of uh, you know putting this proposal Mm. for a special issue together in September, one of the first sources I went to was the exchanges discourse episode on how to put together a special issue. Fantastic.
0: So, that's a genuine value from the podcast. That's really good to hear. <laughs> that's
1: generally one of the first places I went to. And it was sort of my skeleton of how to put mm. the proposal together. What are the check marks I need to look at? And uh, in fact, that is where I realized that exchanges might not probably be the best place mm. to go to. I'll tell you why. Because in, one, in the same episode, you've spoken about how to decide whether exchanges is a fit. Mm. And that helped me decide that exchanges was not exactly a fit because I feel exchanges publishes a lot of work, which is. Which, by its very nature, is interdisciplinary. But when you're talking about a single screenplay, yeah. it starts out in film studies and then branches out into interdisciplinary. So I felt like if I, even if I approached Xing to try and do that, it wouldn't really be fair on the readership to know about the film beforehand.
0: Mm. Well, it's all right. I'm not going to take it personally. I think it's you've gone on the right route. You've thought about it. <laughs> so I mean. Obviously, you've got quite a bit of experience in publishing. So, I mean, um, as you know, I mean, one, one of the things I do tend to ask people on this is, you know, I ask them about their horror stories. Have you had any bad publishing experiences so far in your career? Uh, so,
1: thankfully enough, I haven't had really bad experiences. Of, mm. As in, mm. as compared to the experiences I've heard other people have, where they paid money to a publisher and then their paper just vanished, never got published. Mm. I thankfully haven't had something of that sort. But more run of the mill stories where I sent a paper. They've said they'll get back to me. They never did, and then I never heard from them. Which is more one of the honestly honestly, oh, compared to the other horror stories I've heard.
0: That is so frustrating. I mean, I'm I'm always acutely aware of, for our own journal. You know, there are times that you know we. we sometimes perhaps fall down in keeping authors in the loop. And I really do stress it. My editors, if any of them are listening, do make sure you keep authors in the loop for what's going on. But just never hear anything. So frustrating.
1: <laughs> I feel even getting that email which tells you that, okay, we can't publish your work, it at least gives you some form of closure. But not getting that is like, there's always this question mark. Have they forgotten about it? Is it not good enough? Didn't go yeah. most- I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah, that clarity. You know, I don't care if you say no, Just tell me no, because of course, at that point, it's not that you have you know, you're released from any kind of contractual obligation, you can take that article elsewhere, because chances are, another journal will want it. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of
1: the times, it's not that your paper or your work is not good enough. It's just that it's not that good of fit with the journal you 1st approached, which you Mm. find out the hard way, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's Mm. a great experience to have.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the things every academic who's ever tried to publish anything can absolutely agree with. There's something they've experienced. <laughs> so what about, what about good experiences? You know, uh, uh, you know, the place, place, people you've worked with, or the place you've been, you know, what are, the, what are the things that stand out for you as sort of either good practice or just a generally good experience in publishing?
1: So uh, I, I'm not saying this because I'm on the podcast, but generally <laughs> one of my best publishing experiences has been with exchanges because at every stage I knew what's happening. Mm -hmm. I knew when it went to the editorial review, I knew when it went to the peer reviewers, when it got delayed, I was told that it is going to be delayed and please look out for that. So at every, at no point did I have a question mark. At that's, every point I knew at what stage of the publishing mm-hmm. So that is something I genuinely appreciate, which is, which just comes from the bad experiences I've had but I've not really heard
0: of what's going on. That's excellent. And I shall keep cu- all kudos to your assigned up editor for doing all those things. So uh, I shall say, but well, that's really, it's really good to hear really good positive feedback for ourselves as well, that we are doing the right things, but also that we need to keep them up as well. <laughs> Can't let them slip. So, I we- mean, we obviously we publish a lot of things that are buy and for early career researchers, and so one of the things I always like to ask guests who come on here, you know, what's the advice you would give to someone who is say, you know, approaching their very first article?
1: There's a couple of things I want to say. Mm. One is for just anyone who's an early career researcher, oh, I'm sorry, early career researcher who's sort of writing their first paper ever. Uh, if you go to a journal's homepage page and you read the number of words they want you to write. It can seem very intimidating. At first, what I did was I looked at what I had written for my masters. Mm. I looked at the assignments I had handed in and for all of them, I had done a bit of groundwork. So I just converted one of them into a full length where a lot of my work was done. So it wasn't as intimidating because I didn't have to write as much. I didn't have to read as much. I just needed to build on what I had already done. And since I had already done it, I was familiar with it. I was sort of fond with it because it's sort of your baby when you've already worked on it, you want to see it grow further. So that's Mm. something I think first-time writers who especially find the word count intimidating can look at
0: One of those things I get asked time and time again is people can be worrying about the word count, but you know, are they going to be just, you know, just under or just over? And you know, I, I don't mind, just over and just under is, is, is neither here nor there. I'd rather the content is good at the end yeah. of the day as an editor. So. Yeah.
1: so the other thing that I wanted to talk about, especially here in India, there's mm. uh, now for academic promotions at the university level you need to have a certain amount of uh, academic papers published. And there's this authoritative body called the university grants commission, the Mm. UGC, which sort of gives you an academic performance index, API points. So you get that for the number of publications you have and what journals you have given. And there's this list called the UGC list, which has earmarked a few journals, but, to put it in as politically correct words as I can, not all of them are really great places to publish mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. not going to point fingers because I don't know what the insight mm-hmm. is, so I don't know where they are going now. But as someone uh, who is looking to publish for the first time, if you're not sure what journal you should go to or whether this is a reliable journal, I feel a great place to always start is look for a journal which is associated with the university, mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. a great chance that journal will be run by people who know what they're doing. And Mm. who are following the practices because they're answerable to someone else and it's not just them they're doing it for the heck of
0: it. I like that people who know what they're doing I shall remind myself that's what I do know what I'm doing when I'm running this journal. (laughs) You absolutely
1: do I can tell you that.
0: (laughs) Well as I say it's why we always trust our authors to give us feedback because at the end of the day you know you are the community we are serving primarily in terms of you know taking your beautiful manuscripts hopefully through to publication. Well, thank you, Aloy. That's everything I was going to ask you today. You have been a lovely guest to have on here. Some really interesting thoughts there.
1: Awesome. It was great being here. It was a privilege. Thank you for having me. And to anyone listening to this, please consider writing for Exchange. It's a great experience.
0: You know, we couldn't finish on a better note than that. <laughs> and my thanks for my guest for coming in to talk with us. And on our next episode, we've got another of our past authors coming to chat. For now though, I am Dr. Gareth J. Johnson and I've been your host for this Exchanges Discourse podcast. Now, if you wanted to find out more about the journal, there's a link in the episode description, or you can find as easily by searching for Exchanges Journal Warwick. If you'd like to get in touch with a question about the podcast, or to discuss a potential submission, or indeed anything else, you can always reach me via exchangesjournal at warwick.ac.uk or via Twitter as ExchangesIAS. Thank you for listening, and please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to catch every new episode.